Well, first, I've got to say to you, if, if you are a part of Grace Covenant, I miss you. Uh, we miss you. And, and while I'm, I'm grateful for the technology, and, and truly am, it's just, it's very different, even a bit awkward to be recording a message, uh, looking into a camera, uh, rather than looking into your faces out among the people of God gathered for worship. But that's the place we find ourselves at this time when life is so very different. And so the, the question that I want to bring before you today is this. What do you do? What do you do when life doesn't make sense? Because the past three and a half weeks have not made a lot of sense. Uh, life as we know it or knew it, uh, it, it has been interrupted. It's been turned upside down. Uh, it's been hard on a lot of people in a lot of uh, different ways. There's still a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. And this past week in particular has been especially hard uh, for many of us at Grace Covenant uh, with, uh, with the, uh, the suffering, the tremendous suffering uh, that Ron Klaus is facing in his final days as he's dying of cancer and with the loss of one of our own to COVID-19. Uh, our dear uh, sister in the Lord, Connie Schaub. And her death, her death has made this whole coronavirus uh, global pandemic even more real and more personal. When we look around, life just doesn't make sense. And so what do we do? Well, that was the question facing the people of God in the day of the prophet Habakkuk. In fact, that was the question facing the prophet himself. And the book, the Old Testament book named after him, is a wonderful gift to the people of God in times of crisis, in times of suffering and uncertainty. And so today we're going to take a brief look into this short book and, and what we will see, what we'll discover is that even when life doesn't make sense, there is good news and a certainty that will last. Now, hopefully you have uh, read the passages from Habakkuk uh, provided in the order of worship. And hopefully you have uh, prayed that God would open us to His Word and His Word to us. For what we see in this Old Testament book is that Habakkuk is wrestling. He is wrestling with what he knows to be true about God and his character and what he sees as God's apparent tolerance of, of violence and injustice. He's confused, frustrated, indignant, in despair. He's honest. For Habakkuk, his world has been turned upside down. As he looks around, the world around him is crumbling. And so what does he do? He cries out to God. In fact, he complains to God. Really, the first part of the book is a lament. And in chapter 2, 
In chapter 2, we discover, verse 1, that Habakkuk is waiting and watching for the Lord's reply. And God answers in the following verses, giving uh, Habakkuk a vision of what's to come. Uh, Namely, that the wickedness in the world, the brokenness, will not prevail. And God's justice will prevail. God's justice in making all things right, verse 3, will prevail at His appointed time. But it's the end of verse 4, the second part of verse 4, that's that's the heart of chapter 2. James Boyce, a longtime pastor at 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia years ago, uh, he once said this, The wonderful thing about this chapter is not so much the large part of it that speaks of judgment, but rather the one verse, verse 4, that speaks of the life of the believer in a time of crisis. The righteous shall live by his faith. And he goes on to say, this is a great text. It could even be called the great text of the Bible. To understand it is to understand the Christian gospel and the Christian life. The righteous shall live by his or her faith. In fact, Habakkuk 2.4 is so important that it is quoted three times in the New Testament. Twice by Paul, Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3.11, and once by the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 10.38. And so in light of the New Testament, what does this verse mean? The righteous shall live by his faith. The righteous. Well, remember, to be righteous is to be in right standing with God, to be in right relationship with Him through faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross. To be righteous is to not have one sin counted against him or her, but rather to have Christ's righteousness credited to you. And you know, that's so much of what we were talking about back in the fall, those those first few chapters of Romans. The righteous shall live by faith. By faith, the righteous shall live in this way. I want you to note that our verse says, shall live by faith. Okay, not merely start by faith, but live by faith. I mean, yes, there is a starting point to the Christian life, but it is also a continuous action. You know, it's like breathing. There's a starting point, the moment that a baby is born. But it's also a continuous action. Because if you stop breathing, then you die. You see, you shall live by faith just as you shall live by breathing. Well, like Habakkuk, uh, we look around at, in this present time, and, and life just doesn't make sense, at least not in the way that it did. But Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians that we walk by faith, not by sight. 
And as the writer of Hebrews states, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Faith, in the words of one commentator, is living all of one's life based on confident trust in God's promises for the future, keeping our eyes on Him even when we cannot yet see the fullness of the coming glory. Faith is keeping our eyes on Him. And you know, we so often walk with our heads down, and, and, and then we lose sight of God. But faith is walking with our heads up and our eyes on Him. I mean, think about it. That's how you drive a car, isn't it? Head up, eyes ahead. At least that's how you should drive a car. And the point is this. The hallmark of living by faith is dependency on Jesus 24-7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by what we see all around us with our physical eyes, but rather by what we see through the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of faith. And what we discover in Habakkuk and, and elsewhere in the Bible is that God uses our most difficult circumstances to sharpen our faith and deepen our dependency on Him. Or in the words of Johnny Erickson Tata, deep suffering, painful suffering, it strengthens the capacity of our soul to believe. But, oh, I struggle. I struggle with this. I mean, so much of the time, I just want to stay in the complaints back at the beginning of Habakkuk. How long, O oh Lord? Where are you, God? Don't you see? And do you even care? So often, I walk with my head down and lose sight of God. But, but here, in our text, God calls Habakkuk and us, to walk with our heads up, our eyes fixed on Him, to look ahead the eyes of faith, seeing Him and trusting Him every step of the way. So I, I remember an elective class that I took in seminary. It was a, a one-week summer course uh, with a, a visiting biblical scholar and professional actor, uh, former Broadway actor Bruce Kuhn. And it was a class entitled Storytelling the Scriptures. And it was all about how to, to study, to understand, and then to tell those eyewitness accounts as if we had been there ourselves and were then telling them to others. And so we had to interpret and memorize 10 minutes of Scripture, 10 minutes from one of the Gospels, and learn to tell that story about Jesus in an engaging way that was faithful to God's Word. And the syllabus was clear. Do not, do not start studying, learning, or even reading your passage 
until class starts on Monday afternoon. And then later in that same week, that Friday evening, we would be having a public performance at a local venue just four days later. And, and my grade rested on this. Well, the Sunday night before class started, I, I began to panic. I mean, I really began to freak out. What, what am I doing? It, it, this is crazy. I should not be in this class. I mean, I'm not an actor, but my brother is. My brother is an actor up in, in New York City, and so I decided to call him and have him talk some sense into me and just talk me out of taking this class. And so I called. I said, hey, Matt, here's the situation, this one-week class, Bruce Kuhn. I mean, I shouldn't take this class, right? This is crazy. I shouldn't do it. And I'll never forget. He said, Camp, you can do this. You can do this. I know Bruce, and I know his methods. He knows where he's taking you, and he knows how to get you there. And he will get you there. But you've got to trust him every step of the way. Even when it's hard, uncomfortable, uncertain. Even when it doesn't make sense. When life doesn't make sense, the righteous shall live by faith. And God says to you and to me, God says, trust me. Trust that I am working out my plans for you and they are good. I know where I am taking you. I know how to get you there and I will get you there. But keep your head up, your eyes fixed on me, trusting me each step of the way. And you know what? As we look to Him, as we look to Him in the midst of all of our, our struggles, our, our suffering, our, our confusion, our weakness, as we look to Him, what we discover is that in the end, as, as we've said before, is that in the end, it's not about the quality of your faith or the quantity of it, but rather it's about the object of your faith. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, He who was faithful to the end. He who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame. For in the end, the righteous shall live by His faith, the faithfulness of Jesus. And so let us continually look to Him. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen.